Every time God releases his spirit of revival, it's simply because God wants to take us even into the deeper waters. God wants to take you to a greater depth of your relationship with him. Anytime God shows up, his primary aim is not to just deliver to you what you need. His primary, primary aim is actually to reveal himself to you. We need to actually have the right mindset when we approach God. Because God is very unique. And God is not a God that is ignorant of the state of our heart. So when you are approaching God in the place of prayer, when you are in church, when you pick up your Bible to pray, God always searches your heart to know your intents. So he rewards to you according to the state of your heart. He does not reward you according to the words that you speak. According to how frequent you are in church. But he responds to you according to the state of your heart. So if you are genuine with God, there is no way God will ignore you. When we become genuine believers who seek the face of God, there is no way God will not respond to you. So while you are seated this evening, I want you to search your heart and ask yourself one sincere question. What is my intention? Why do I serve God? Am I serving God to know him, to have a relationship with him? Or am I serving God simply because of what he can do in my life? These are very important questions that will determine how deep you will go with God. And these are questions we must engage ourselves, especially in this season when God is revealing himself to us. Why are you here? Why do you worship God? When praise is going on, why do you praise him? Are you praising him because you want to bribe him so that he will do what your heart desires? Are you praising him because you really want to give him honor and give him back the glory? What is the reason behind everything you do? When you go into the place of prayer, why do you pray? Do you pray to discover God or do you pray simply because of what you know God can do in your life? And I tell you of the, of the truth, there is nothing wrong in seeking the face of God simply because of what he can do in your life. But when that becomes your primary intention, it becomes a challenge in your life. Because God cannot fully release to you when, you know, when he knows that your heart is not fully with him. And I want you to understand this. The Bible already made it clear 
I know the thoughts that I think towards you, a thought of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. God has a great plan for you. And God wants to reveal that plan to you. And God wants you to walk in that plan. So the reason we experience revival is not just to be psyched in the spirit and to feel the fire of God. It's much more than that because revival is God calling men to the depth of his being. And that's why the scripture said, deep calleth unto deep. So we must be people that seek God, not people that just seek him in vain. And I want to tag this message, your depth. I don't tag messages because I love people to just take the message as, they, as the Spirit, uh, you know, deposited it in them. I want to say this. Your depth in the realm of the Spirit determines what happens to you at any point in time. In short, challenges are pointers of needs that gears towards your growth in God. It is time for us to engage God effectively so that we can see maximum results. And that is what revival is all about. Now, let me share with you some things, probably just one scriptures today. I want you to understand something. There is what we call divine interventions. Divine interventions is when God steps in into a matter and ends the effect of that issue. For example, maybe your family is going through a season of dryness financially, let's assume that. And then there is a divine intervention. Somebody walks in into your family and blesses your family. Friends, that is an intervention. That is not a lasting solution. And many of us are in that place where what we are really looking for is interventions. And the point is this. Interventions does not last. Actually, what you need is not just an intervention. An intervention is a temporal solution God gives to us so that we can mature to go to the depth where we can deal with the roots of what made the thing happen in the first place. So if God blesses your family financially through someone, that is not the solution to the matter until God can reveal why your family is in that situation in the first place. Because if God does not reveal that, you will notice that the money will still finish or you notice that the health, that the healing you received is not actually divine health. So you are healed and after a while you notice that you start feeling the symptoms of the disease again. So many times what we are pursuing after is not the solution but just interventions. And God wants us to find the solution to some of the challenges that we are going through. I mean, many of us here, we grew up 
in a family where we pray morning and night. We always do pray morning. I don't know about night. We never prayed at night. You just take your channel at night to pray your own. And every morning, good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Lord. For since the time I that song, I started hearing that song from, from the time I was maybe three. And my dad would pray a pattern. Many of you, you grew up in this kind of family. There's a pattern of prayer. But you know, the shocking thing is that if you look at your family, though you guys were praying, sometimes morning and afternoon, the things that were still happening in the family were still what? Happening. There was no solution. And it happened to me personally. So I grew up seeing my family go through one challenge or the other. We talk about it, pray about it, cabash on it, yet never received any solution to it. Sometimes we will see an intervention of God. But after a while, the whole thing goes back to how it used to be. And of course, many of you know what early morning prayer is all about. Most of you, you were there but not there. They used to call me then. I would just walk like they walk like this and go and kneel down. There's a seat I normally kneel down. Once I kneel down and put my head there, <laughs> another round, part two. Many of you know already what I'm talking about. Once I put my head on that on that chair, part two. And you know when the devil wants to deal with you, he gives you special capacity. The last amen will always wake you up. So immediately you hear, Amen. You wake up. Everybody will believe you prayed with them. Not knowing that you went on another journey. Until the day God wants to embarrass you. After Amen, you are still there. And then my twin sister will just beat me like this and say, ah, ah, we have finished now. So many of us were part of family prayer system that didn't work. Now, please, I want you to pay attention because this will help many of you to break out so that you can command solutions. And after a while, I started resisting the pattern of prayer we pray. Not resisting authority, but resisting the prayer. So after we finished praying, I would still go back into my room and start, you know, I didn't want to tell my dad, this is how we should be, should be, should, we should be praying in this house. But I started practicing what I believe should be a system of prayer that brings results. Some of you are still practicing the prayer system of your family. Even till today, when you know that that prayer, you people prayed it for years, it didn't change anything strongholds, you make the word of God of no effect because of your tradition. That's what the scripture said. Traditions that came out of family. Family, this way we pray, the way we think, the way we see things. A tradition that makes the word of God of no effect. So one day, because things were not just working the way it should work. So one day, I declared a fast for myself. And went into fast. And after praying that night, 
I now saw, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, a dream. It was a vision. I now saw a vision. I don't know how many of you know this image, First Act 77. Uh, if, you are, if you do your head like this, <laughs> your age don't come up small. You know, be swallowed again. How many of you know the image of First Act 77? There's one face like that. So I saw in a vision and I saw the face. And out of the face, I don't know, beans were coming out of it. Some of them were seven heads, some of them were five heads, and I was counting their heads. This one will come out. This one will come out. This one will come out. This one. And I saw them coming out, spirits coming out of this particular image. And then suddenly, the vision ceased. And I looked around and I tiptoed to my sitting room. Because lo and behold, that a bronze image of that first act seven seven's face hung. If you enter my sitting room, you just see it there, hanging, saying, welcome. Bronze, very expensive. A woman from Abaden came to my house as a gift to my mom. Say, well, I'm giving you and the family this gift. It cost me a lot. When we opened it, it was pure bronze. So we hung it. And when I saw that stuff, I looked at that image. I said, ah, probably this thing is the reason why we are struggling here. So I went to my dad and I said to my dad, I said, ah, this is what I saw. He said, go and sit down. So you want us to destroy this? You don't know it's bronze. It's very expensive. I said, well, I've told you, we need to take this thing out and destroy it somehow. This happened in 2008, January 17th. And then I came here February, March. I came here March. Around April, my dad called me and said, you see, we have been praying about this thing in the family, but nothing is working. Now let's go for solution. You said this is the solution. I said, yes. He said, I'm going to put it down and we're going to do something to it. So they put it down and broke it, poured some chemical on it, dissolved it, and then, you know, burnt it and everything. The day they did that stuff, that night, all my family members had the same dream. Where the woman came to us in the dream, came to everybody in the dream, said, so your family has decided now to, you know, release yourself. Well, I will not affect your family anymore because my contact in your family has gone. Everybody had the same dream. For over 10 years, we were doing Good Morning Jesus in the midst of First Act 77. What am I trying to say here? Prayer without revelation won't get you anywhere. It is revelation backed with prayers that unveils the secret behind every man's problem. Whatever you are going through right now, there's a revelation that can sort it out. Whatever challenge your family is going through right now, there is a revelation that can check it out.
from that day, if I receive a revelation, I say, cut this one down. Uh, my dad doesn't even waste time. He said, which one? He said, do, do I join the two? I, I remember one, one, <clears throat> orgy. I don't know if you know what orgy means. Orgy, uh, kolanot, also, I don't know. Yeah. Orgy, uh, yeah, kolanot tree. You know, Igbos don't joke with kolanot. I always tell my dad, this kolanot at the back of the house, when did that, this tree? He said, ah, I, when I bought this land, this kolanot was, I can't, I can't cut it. Mysteries that are hidden, holding many families bound. That one was caught. But I noticed something. As God kept revealing secrets, we kept seeing victory. One after the other. Now, what if I went to a man of God and I said, man of God, please pray for me. People are struggling to get married in my house. Or people are struggling to make money in my house. Or people are struggling, people are always sick in my house. And the man of God says, okay, from today it's well with you. Do you know most times if the man of God does not reveal the secret of what happens, you will notice a temporary solution and at some point everything goes back to what it used to be. And that's why some of us are in a place where we are doubting everything. Because he looked as if God was the one speaking. You had a temporary solution, but then at some point, everything returned back to the way it used to be. And that's why I said, just asking for, solution, uh, for divine interventions are not key to permanent growth in the realm of the spirit. And the biggest challenge of the church today is, pray for me, Pastor Syndrome. I don't say don't write me to ask for prayer requests, but I want you to understand something. It is not just the prayer pastor will pray for you that will change your life. You also need to pray for yourself and get your own revelation. Because what happens is that if the pastor now have got a bad week and then God help you, you ask him to pray for you in that bad week, frustration will kill you. Because then the pastor also have his own challenges. Like a brother wrote me on a, on a particular day, on a Thursday, and said to me, oh, sir, please, I want you to um, pray for me. And I said, okay, I will be praying for you tomorrow because that, the Friday I was, I was in a fast. So I said to him, I will be praying for you on tomorrow. So around 6.30, breaking the um, fast, I went to his online, because he wrote me on Instagram, I went to his online account to write him what God said about his family and how he can be free and stuff. And then something just said to me, just go to his wall. And I went to his wall. And he was busy updating his relationship with FX in a club the same day. I mean, I don't have, a, I don't have, a, I don't have any word for that. But the point is this. You told a man of God to pray for you. And he told you I will be fasting for you on this day. It's on that day. You went to enjoy yourself in the club. Now, if that prayer does not work, you will blame the man of God. 
that he doesn't have anointing. But the point is, two can't work together except they agree. If I'm agreeing on, with the Holy Ghost on your behalf and you're agreeing with FX in the, on the behalf, how do we agree to see solution? You see, let me say this. I think for us to see a clear growth, you must have special moments with God. There must be days you set apart. You tell your friends, look, to, you see, every Friday, every Thursday, every Monday, it is between me and God. If you are interested in working in diverse solutions in your life, you must have set dates, set moments, only you and God. If your friends can't pinpoint any day they can't reach you, you are in trouble. Any day they call you are available. Are you a? Just they pick your call. Hey, something is happening. <laughs> yes. Where? The only thing you ask for is taxi. <laughs> I hope taxi is coming to pick me. That's all. And you are on. If that is your system, and I didn't actually talk to the brother. I simply sent what God said. Because when God gave it to me, God did not say rebuke him because of it. So I sent to him what God said. Three days later, he got the solution to it. Two months later, he kicked went back to the same thing. And he called me and said, sir, uh, that thing has returned again. That when I reminded him, he said, I remember the day I was praying for you, you were somewhere. He said, yes, sir. He said, you are not serious. We, we can't joke with God like this. We can't joke with God. Especially if you are if you really want to see changes in your life, you can't joke with God like this. It doesn't happen like that. I hope he changed. Because for us to see a permanent change, there must be a permanent commitment to God. And this is not a message that is so hard. A man of God was talking to me and he was crying. Powerful man of God. He said he does not understand this generation. I said, why? Why are you crying like this? He said, what, what is that? What is, you know, what about this generation that they know what to do right, but they don't want to do it right. And they are complaining that God is not moving in their lives. You know exactly what you should not do. You know exactly how you should not live your life. Yet you do those things and expect maximum cooperation of God. So, he was just weeping. He said, I don't know how else to teach this truth. That there are some prizes we must pay. To see certain results in our life. I'm not talking about being perfect. We all make mistakes. But I'm talking about serious commitment. There is something about falling in sin. And there's something about living in it. When you are comfortable in the life you live as a believer. And you are expecting God to be fully involved in your life. Where does that happen? Where does that happen? Because the hedge is broken. And that's why demons. 
they are just doing their head like this. If you have access to a Bible and a mouth to pray, you have no reason to be limited in life. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I remember a brother. His name is James. He's in Germany now. One of the oldest members of Cyprus from Africa. When I came here in 2008, he was already 42 years and has already stayed on the nation for six years. And he will come to church then. When he will come like this, when the glory of God is moving, he'll be rolling on the floor. And one day while he was rolling on the floor, God said to me, tell him to stand up and stop deceiving himself. Because I became so challenged with his stagnancy. There's no kind of prayer we did not pray. I have prayed on the water and, and poured on it, he said. I have prayed on it. You know, 2008 is not today. So the level of discernment and maturity wasn't the same. So in those days, we would try many, many approach to get a solution. And one day, while he was rolling on the ground, say, Lord, Lord. And God said, tell him to stand up. So I told him, I said, stand up. Immediately I told him stand up and he stood before me. God gave me an insight. And I told him, I said, sir, 42 years. I was a boy before him. I said, sir, this is what God said to me you are involved. Then, I mean, I will mention what was his challenge. His challenge was smoking. You know, smoke anything. Smokeable. He will be coming to church, stand at the door of the church, and finish. So then you don't drag it like this to finish it up, and then he will throw it, and then he will do, and then he will do like this. But immediately worship starts. Hey, yo, 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 he will be rolling on the floor. And I told him, I said, brother, you've been here six years. You've never gotten a job in your life. You are the only son of your parents. Your father went through the same thing and he's old. And you are going, you are seeing your life play out the same way your father's life played out. That day he said to me, what do I do? I said, can you sacrifice something in your life? Just one thing. Prove the power of sacrifice. He said, what? I said, this is what God said you should leave. He said, it's difficult. So I told him, it's your choice. After two weeks, he called me. He said, I'm going to leave smoking for one month. If God does not move. You see some people there. Eh? 
they, I don't know if they think they are doing God a favor by calling him my father. Whether you come to church or not, whether you pray to God or not, he remains God. You don't add value to God. You have everything to gain from God. God adds value to you. So he said, in one month, after one month, he came to church. He was sitting at the back then in, in uh, uh, St. Andrews. He was at the back, he was doing me like this. What he was doing there was, he didn't walk, he no walk, he no walk, he no walk, he no walk. That's what he was doing with his mouth. He no walk, he no walk. Then we were using a small room, so I, could, I saw what he was saying. The same way some of us can get angry with God. Yet we know certain things in our lives that God is not happy about. Yet we are angry with him for not answering prayers. It's strange. So after service, I met with him. And he said to me, it did not work. Monday, tomorrow, we'll make it four weeks, one month. After tomorrow, I will return. And I told him something. I said, there is power in sacrifice. So while he was going, he said to me, I've been applying to go to Germany. For the past six years, I've been on this nation. They've rejected me seven times. And I said to God that if I will leave smoking, I'm going to apply again. He said, I have interview by Wednesday. I said, so you want to return smoking before you go to the interview? I said, go to the interview first. And then when you come back and God did not do anything, then... You know, there are certain things you say as a man of God, you have to go and pray in your inner room. So I went to my inner room. I said, Father, see me. Oh. Give this man this visa. Because this guy talks a lot. My ministry is over. Went to German office in Lefkosia. The woman looked at him and said, you've been here so many times. What do you want to do in Germany? Say, I want to visit. The woman said, I know you don't want to visit. You want to go and stay. And the woman said, go and get a letter from your parents. Get me all your qualifications, school you have gone to. Submit it the next day and I will give you your permanent residence. That was it. From embassy, he came to my house. He said, it works. It works. It works. It works. It works. It works. Today in Germany, he's married to a German. Doing very well. I still, sometimes, do you say smoke waiting? Did God do miracle because of smoking? No. But God saw a heart that was willing to go deep with him. When last did you say to God, this one, I will sacrifice it for you. This issue, I will sacrifice it for you. 